Charmies, this is the official first episode of Brunch with the Hollowells, recapping the original series of Charmed, Season 7. I am here with the official co-host of Brunch with the Hollowells, officially, Ryan Hunter. Welcome, Ryan, to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for having me on last season. Thank you for having me here now. And thank you for the Charmies that have uh, gone through this new change. I am so excited, so excited to talk more Charmed with you. As I said in the Season 7 trailer before this episode, I barely have memory of this season as a whole. I mean, I remember big points, but I don't remember a whole lot as far as detail. So for the most part, some of this recap is going to be like a first watch for me. What we'll end up doing for each episode right from the start is um, bringing up the episode that we are going to talk about. And then sort of giving our overview of what we thought of the episode before getting into the recap. So, for instance, we are doing Season 7, Episode 1, A Call to Arms. The air date was September 12th, 2004, written by Brad Kern and directed by James L. Conway. Our main cast returns Alyssa Milano as Phoebe Hollowell, Rose McGowan as Paige Matthews, Holly Marie Combs as Piper Hollowell, Brian Krause as Leo Wyatt. Dorian Gregory also returns as Daryl Morris with guest stars in season one. Nick Lachey as Leslie St. Clair. Billy Drago back once again as Barbus. Rebecca Balding back as alternate mother to Phoebe Hollowell, Elise Rothman. Jenya Lano as Inspector Sheridan. 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 I'm rubbing off when you are ready. You are. And oh, Uncle Phil himself, James Avery as Zola the Elder. <laughs> I love the name. <laughs> yeah. Now, A Call to Arms is the exotic powers of Hindu's ultimate lovers. Shakti and Shiva overtake Piper and Leo. Phoebe and Paige must stop them from consummating their love or the universe faces destruction. <laughs> All right. So briefly, Ryan, what did you think of this episode? It was definitely different from the season openers we had been used to since Paige kind of came in. We were getting the double season opener. So this is the first return to a single episode. So that was a little different. Yeah. Not not a bad episode. It was lighter from the season finale that we just went through with Chris dying and all those those things happening with Leo. Not bad, but to me, I remember even back in the day this was not after waiting all summer, uh, I was a little disappointed, but back watching this again, I mean, not a bad episode, not a bad episode, but maybe not a premiere that I would have wanted. Yeah, it doesn't really stand out to me as a heavy premiere episode. What it does do is it ties in the last events that happened in season six in this this, this right. outcome, the aftermath. The biggest thing that we wanted to know was what is Leo thinking right now, given what he just experienced in this last 
episode of season six. You know, he lost his son. His mentor also turned out to be evil, et cetera, et cetera. What is to become of Leo and Piper's relationship? Where do they stand? And then, of course, I'm sure there's a little bit of a time jump. So how are the rest of the sisters doing? How did their hair change? That's the biggest thing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I get it. All of the elements are there. But for a premiere, not as strong. You know, this is a preview, a hint as to the tone of season seven. And, yeah, it's not as strong to me. But I think that with this recap, it, it was fun. And we'll talk a little bit more about the special effects with the arms and whatnot. So we'll get into that. Uh, We also, you know, meet Leslie St. Clair and, you know, Phoebe once again with the harassment just boils over. Well, because she's gorgeous as fuck, nobody's going to say anything. I'll just say that right now. So to be honest with you, uh, that is going to be my play of the episode. Oh, is it? Phoebe's- is Phoebe just just making out with new guy at the workplace? Oh in front my of her god, boss. I love that! I love yeah. that. That's your play. Yeah, that <laughs> is going to be my play. My play of the week is the uh, Phoebe and Paige vanquishing Barbus. After he thinks that he's got the upper hand with their fears, and when they say we knew our greatest desire would conquer our greatest fear. I like that. I like that a lot. Very cool. I love it. I love it. And who was your MVP this week? Call, call me predictable. Her name starts with a P page being super ant Rob. I mean, we see basically that page has become a recluse and all she does is take care of babies. So she has become super duper ant. I just love her for it. I'm going to second you on MVP. I mean, just the immediate reaction, compassion for magic school. The mm. minute somebody couldn't take care of it, I'll do it. It, she didn't even have to think about it. It's like, I will do it. Put back those books on those shelves. Y'all ain't going nowhere. I, you know, like, I love that. I love that. I love that. So she's starting to get into her calling now. As we know of her, who's watched the entire series, this is the start of it. And all it took was to see that these kids was not going to get the teachings that they so well deserve. So Her social work background probably kicked I, in. Totally love her for that. So the last thing that I'll ask you, and we'll get to our recap, is did you happen to add anyone to your hot man meter this week? Yes, Rob, I did. It's raining, man. What about you? I definitely added. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's raining, man. I think Some I know. Men. I think I know one of them that we probably both agreed on and yeah. can't wait to talk about it <laughs> yeah so during the recap folks as they're introduced we will let you know if they made the hot man meter as for any of the other guys mentioned make sure to add them to your list if they happen to make your list we will not be doing the full segment of hot man meter at the end of the episode you will hear who they are as we talk about charm all right ryan you're up Leo is obsessed with finding Barbus, who had helped Gideon in his attempt to kill Wyatt. And Barbus is taking advantage of his obsession by constantly taunting him through his fears. 
Mio leads another elder, Zola, and almost electrocutes him, believing that Zola is covering for Barbus. Cue the credits. And depending on where you're watching this, you'll either hear a generic theme song or one with words. (laughs) (laughs) Directly after that, Zola comes to the sisters. His robes are still charred from Leo's attacks, and he asks for their help. If Leo kills another elder, he'll have to be reborn and recycled and work his way up to white lighter status once more. Zola says the elders believe a major threat is looming and they can't lose another of their number. Leo is flipping through the Book of Shadows when he sees a ghostly face, which urges him to go after Barbus. <laughs> We got a few little cues here, which I like early on. Paige being that super ants. We found out that Chris was a 22-year-old when he came back from the future. And Paige is seeing him as that 22-year-old when she has to do diaper duties and apply the lotion. (laughs) Would that be weird to you? Honestly, I I honestly think so. I, I think so. Because I'm even with that with like, you know, you think about it, even like your brothers or your parents have got a bit in the future if they get sick. It's like that same idea of like, okay, you know, you have to, you, you got to do it for them. But do you really want to see down there? Do you really <laughs> want to see what's going on? Do you happen to be good with babies or kids in general? Is that your skill? You're shaking your head. Okay, so go into little detail with this. You know, it's probably surprising because I people, when I've said this to them, they don't believe it because of my personality. But I there's certain kids like me and others just don't. I mean... It's not that I change anything. You know, I try to be sweet and sweeter and, you know, try to engage with them. But it's either hit or miss. I've had friends that kids loved me, but they were more teenager age. Babies, eh, either way. Eh. What about you, Rob? Are you a, a baby man? I don't have much experience with babies. I can't honestly say that I'm a fan of them. My patience is low when it comes to that but i understand you know babies cry all the time <laughs> i i have more of a fear that i'm doing something wrong so my mm. anxiety these babies can sense and they will probably just have the most miserable time in my arms oh. they can sense fear man and i'm like i just i can't handle babies now kids it takes a very special child to get into my good graces, to be honest with you. I don't hate every child by default, but I, yeah, I only like certain type of childs, man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can gab with you about cartoons and certain things, but it's just like, sometimes I can't be playing. I don't know. They're, they're not my favorite thing. They're needed in society to con- to continue. <laughs> but some kids I can kick it with. Some kids I can definitely hang with, and they're awesome. But yeah, overall, I would say I'm not really good with kids. <laughs> we see Paige, like Rob mentioned, Paige is back to being uh, dark-haired. Now, I'm okay with this only because it is not season five Paige red hair. Because she kind of... In our last season, she was kind of getting even lighter, lighter, lighter. And 
it wasn't the red red that I loved with her. So I'm okay with this. And for some reason, Paige looked tanner than she's ever been. Did you notice Rose looked ta- like because Rose is a, a and I'm I could say this because I am pale too. I'm a pale man, but Rose is really fair skinned, and she was looking tanned and really good in this opener. So I don't know if it was a bronzer or a tan, a fake tan, but Paige, you looked good. <laughs> she definitely looked different. I don't know if I would have noticed her being tan. That's something you definitely <laughs> would catch because you know I don't you know need the bronzer, but mm, no, he uh, don't. Yeah, so, but no, she did She did look good. I do prefer the red hair, though, so I'm a little sad that she went back to brunette, but she looks good either way. And Paige's quote, just have to say this, tell me what it's like out there in the world where men don't poop or spit on you. <laughs> Freaking love this quote from Paige. And of course, as we mentioned, Leo was mentioned in this scene, so Charmy's Leo goes on to my hot man meter this year. Very good. <laughs> yes, Leo definitely makes my hot man meter as well. So we also see, you know, James Avery, Uncle Phil. I yes. do remember him in this, but I in the show, but I don't remember him popping up so early in the season. Right. I was so happy to see him on screen and I loved his presence. He definitely has an elder vibe. So I'm glad he yeah. made the cut and hopefully he had a good time in this episode, <laughs> even though he was yelling and screaming the whole time. But here's my thing with um, James Avery. Cause I thought this was also funny. He was getting electrocuted and he was like using God's name in vain. Remember he was like, Leo stop for God's yes. sake. I was like, Oh, he used God's name in vain. You're not supposed yeah. to do that. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Because you're not even supposed to say it in anything like that. I would have stripped Leo's ass from his powers after that. You can fuck around with any other elder, but do not come with that shit with me. Fuck you. Fuck your powers. Like, fuck your mistake. Like, I was super pissed he did not get stripped of his powers. This is privilege 101 right here. Oh, we knew that wasn't Leo back then. Like, screw you, bitch. And you see what happens. He died. Like, I agree. Fuck Leo. Fuck Leo. Like, I'm sorry. He was not possessed. He was not. No, this was. And, you know, we will talk about it towards the end. But he's like, that wasn't you. Was it? I was like, yeah, your ass should have been stripped. That pissed me off. That pissed me off so much. But you only get one with me. I'm sorry. We also learned that Piper is afraid to leave the house. You know, this yes. woman l- yes. lost her kid. She doesn't want demons after her child. What do you think about this? Now, to me, I want to say this is a little bit metaphoric with women who have kids for the first time. They go through that bonding period. And they also have a little bit of that trouble of, you know, letting like strangers, you know, watch their kid while they go back to work or just right. leaving the house in general. Like they've created a nest for themselves. I'm not speaking from, ex- I like, I have no idea if I'm saying anything wrong. We would love to hear from mothers who yeah. possibly have gone through what Piper's going through. Demons are not. I think this is something that was well done on the episode, just sort of like the mention or the idea that, you know, if women do feel like this, you are not alone. Like 
some people do not want to just leave their protective bubble that they have for their newborn kids. So I get it. What do you think about her struggle, though? Do you think it makes sense? Only because of the demon aspect, because like you said, it's hard enough for people to find maybe someone that they could trust with their children, but she doesn't have that problem. Evidently, Paige is her, her living nanny at this point. So I think it's really just the, everything that happened with Gideon and Chris and what's going on with Leo. I, um, it's, it's probably freaking her out, but Piper out of everyone, I feel like, would be like, okay, eventually. So... I'm glad that they just didn't brush everything over from the last season. I agree. I agree. Give them an arc. It was also mentioned that they were all invited to a wedding. Piper seemed to have forgotten that she has a friend who's having a wedding. Do you, are you a fan of weddings? I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> me, and Ryan, man, me and Ryan are so the same person. It is insane. I love it. I love it. Okay, no go ahead. No children, no weddings. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, yes, if it's like my my bestest friend, yes. But otherwise, I'm going, please don't invite me. Please don't invite me. God, please, please. I don't want to go. What is it about weddings? I think first off, it's depending on who you know at this wedding. Like if it's a, I've, you know, you've had the co-worker wedding and you go and like you're the, it's their family, which is so wonderful that they invite you, but you don't know anybody. You have to spend Unfortunately, you know, you're expected to at least give back the amount of the plate, you know, that kind of thing. Then if you don't have an outfit to wear, you got to either buy something if it fits you or rent something. It's like a whole lot of something just for one night. And then will you ever see the person again? It's like, that's what I think about. It's terrible. Unless it's like, like I said, maybe my brother, like when David got married, okay. Or someone like that. Other than that, I'm like, please, God, no. <laughs> Don't let that invitation come. I'd rather not get the invite. I know people are like, how dare this person not invite me? But I'm like, please don't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been in two weddings. And as far as attending a wedding, I've always been the plus one. Oh, um, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, come to think of it, because most of my friends are gay and they don't necessarily have traditional weddings. I've, I've been in one gay wedding, but traditionally, I'm not really friends with a lot of uh, heterosexuals who, you know, traditionally have weddings all the time and been invited to one. So I'm always the plus one. Now, I dated someone who like most of his friends were women. And so when they all got married, I was invited to all every of them. one of them. Yep. Every and, one of them. you know, I will say that I've been to some very interesting weddings, including a Wiccan one. Oh, really? Yeah, I wish I could remember sort of the heavy details as to what they went on. But just again, everybody a hand fastening. Do they do that? Or is that just charmed? I don't I don't want to quote because I can't really prove it if they did hand fastening. But I remember the wedding party was in sort of a um, shape. They were like surrounding. They were like in a circle like sort of thing and there was like passing of certain things so i mean it was done differently but yeah i was always the plus one i don't think i've ever officially been invited to a wedding where i was the guest and i brought a date or somebody with me okay got it so but i will say with weddings like the free food is 
Yes, thank you. But when it comes to like dancing and having to dance in front of all these people, like I can't, I can't with it. Oh, see, I'll dance, but it's always the worst music too. So, uh. yeah, but the fruit, but Rob, the food, if it's good, or if yes. you get that choice of um, the plate like this, yeah. If anyone yeah. can't, I'm holding up a small circle with like um, <laughs> with one potato. Because even though I was a plus one. For the most part, the guy that I dated, he was also in the wedding party. So I would have to oh, sit by myself. Oh, no. Oh, that's a nightmare. So, yeah, I'm not particularly a big fan of weddings myself. I will go. I It really comes down to the person. It really does. Yes, yes. Please don't hate us, people. We're, we'll go for the right person. <laughs> Piper walks into the attic, but she doesn't see the face that Leo was speaking about. So Barbus also sees the face, which urges him to go after baby Chris. Barbus thinks this is a fine idea. And the sisters have been invited to a Hindu wedding and Paige talking to Phoebe suggests taking, talking Leo into accompanying Piper. This is a better way to get him away from the pursuit of Barbus and perhaps bring him and Piper back together. Paige stays behind with Wyatt while Phoebe, Piper, and Leo go to the wedding with Chris. Daryl and Inspector Sheridan serve a summons on Phoebe regarding the disappearance of Chris. As the marriage is sealed, two spirits enter Leo and Piper, and much to their surprise, Piper sprouts four extra arms. (laughs) Lord help us, right? Piper and Leo begin behaving differently, dressing in traditional Hindi clothing and appearing very much in love. Leo is no longer concerned with Barbus, and Piper is able to multitask uh, perfectly thanks to her extra hands. Wyatt sensing Dada is pretty freaking cool. So Piper goes into the attic, and he was like, how did you know I was up here? And he's like, I didn't. Your son did. It's this orbing thing that you've got going on with your child i thought that was so cool and cute i know that i would not let leo at this point anywhere near my kids because piper is like you need to hold your son and i'm like no you need to seek help and when you are over this you can come back and hold your child. I would not, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe I'm being over paranoid. He is not in a state to be like, I don't, I know he wouldn't hurt Wyatt, but he is not right right now. I, it's just something that my culture, we just don't mess with that. You cannot come into my house with my child until you get your shit straightened out. I agree. There's something going on with Leo, and I'm honestly surprised that he even agreed to go to this wedding because it kind of like feels like it's completely the opposite of what Leo's been acting like to them up leading to now. Like him agreeing to go to this wedding just seems out of place in general after this whole thing. What we don't see in this synopsis is Elise. So she comes up with this idea to hire a ghostwriter to write the page or the column while Phoebe is gone so she can take right. a sabbatical and get her head on straight. I think it's a brilliant idea if you ask me because I agree. Phoebe is, feels very bad that she recycled some of her work and um, feels that she shouldn't even do the column at all. And so 
Elise is like, you are not taking my money away from me. We will just hire a ghostwriter and and just go on with that. What what are your thoughts? I, on I that? agree. Phoebe seems to be in these later seasons one of these people that as soon as she does feel something, that's it. It's like, yeah, I just got to quit my column now. Like it's like no in between. Like she's just. I feel like she just either. I need to get pregnant. I, I need to do this because this isn't happening. Like, I, I don't understand what Phoebe's thinking, but for Elise, great idea, especially since I, I'm sure she's right. And I'm sure this does happen to Ann Landers and Dear Abby and all those people. I'm sure there's ghost writers that take over from time to time. So, so with that being said, would you feel duped or conned if you found out that the advice you were taking was from a different person? Mm, it's not ideal but as long as the person i like they said he studied leslie studied her evidently her writing and the form of writing if the person can almost get a sense of what phoebe would say eh, it would upset me but then at the same time it almost is like then phoebe's a dime a dozen so i mean what about in general though so like let's say a gift um, from guy was given to you but then you find out that and you thought it was like very thoughtful and like oh my god you know me and you know thank you yeah but then you find out that he got the idea from somebody else would that piss you um, off that he didn't uh, think of it and he mm, basically took advice from someone mm, else no only i wouldn't because if the advice was right and i really did love something then as long as he took the initiative to you know actually do it then I'm fine with that. I, I guess you would feel duped if you did find out. Well, wh what do you feel about this, Rob? Um, I mean, as far as taking advice from someone else, you know, as a ghostwriter, I mean, I, I, I think the illusion having it come from the same person each time makes perfect sense. So that's why ghostwriting is, you know, exists. If, if it sounds profound, I guess I shouldn't care who it comes from. I think I would need to really experience it. But I yeah, guess I, in general, you know, if if somebody tried to play the part for me and that's not who they really are, I don't know if the two sort of scenarios coincide with each other. But just like I don't I don't I don't get any joy from, you know, hearing what I what they think I want to hear if it's not a genuine thought from them you know what i'm saying so like the idea of a ghostwriter i think is fine it's just for me i don't need them to try and pretend to be somebody that they're not in order to uh, appease yeah. me so i want to hear your genuine ideas your thought process your opinions and and if it just happens to come from a different person but again that from a business point of view that sucks but in general I got to wonder how much of it is actually Phoebe if I find out that it's from somebody else. You know, is that who she is? You know, that will come up in my head, you know? But if she's also recycling advice, per se, I mean, I know this is a device to set up the plot, but maybe the advice fits still. I, you know, it, people have similar issues sometimes. I mean, not everyone has the most different you know like this is the only time this has ever happened to somebody kind of issue so it was really interesting to hear it too because i was like it was it word for word ah. and therefore she wasn't really thinking about the advice she'd like to give and just plucked it out of something else or did she reword it but gave the same advice you know and I don't, page I don't... knew though she knew it was a year ago too how is it like page so page is an avid avid dear ask phoebe reader because she's like you gave him to 
the same advice a year ago. Damn, Paige. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that I wanted to bring up was Daryl. I thought that he did great in this scene just with Sheridan and Phoebe. He looked very torn. Like I can see it mm. in his eyes that he really doesn't want to be in this position. But I also sense and see that he is still carrying some of that anger. You know, what I didn't like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in thinking this way, Phoebe putting her foot down and being like, you need to choose a side, I thought was really messed up. I don't think I like that because, look, are you paying my bills? Are you going to cover me when I lose my job as a lieutenant? Like, what? I, her ch- saying to choose a side, magically there's no clause. There's no insurance. You can't no. protect me once I choose a side, especially if I can't even announce that magic exists. What side do you want me to choose? There's like, you can't just have me like disrupt the law and go like that's I don't know to me that was a bit of a a a a thing that I didn't like from Phoebe but I have a question for you do you feel that Daryl is betraying the sisters by siding with Sheridan up to this point I don't think he is siding with Sheridan honestly he's just going through the motions with her hoping that for both of their sakes she doesn't find out anything and he's giving her enough clues to know what's going on. I think this is just because they wrote themselves into this thing with Daryl and they're kind of like, well, how do we get them kind of back together as friends, but still remember that they had an issue. That's why I think the whole thing with Phoebe came around because now they're making it now Sheridan or the Hollowells, but it's still the issue that, prior to this whole thing, Daryl felt upset and hurt by what happened and scared. So it's it's not the same thing that was happening, and they're just kind of like throwing it all together, I feel like. But to me, Daryl is not taking anyone's side because he's clearly saying what's happening. And what is he going to do? Like you said, like, no, Sheridan, you stop it because this person disappeared, but we're not going to investigate, like she said, the body... There's no funeral. There was no burial. I mean, it is, it's a case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, choose a side, Phoebe. He has not once said that magic exists. He has not once admitted to them being witches. Like choose a side. He's keeping your secret. That's side enough. You know, like, I don't know what you expect to do. Like, even in the grand scheme of things, think of a way that you can get Sheridan off your back, except for sending her to hell. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing you can do but just continue to play dumb. (laughs) Call them cleaners. Right? Yeah. Like, if they really didn't want magic exposed, cleaners should have got rid of that file a long time ago. I I mean, really, honestly. Exactly. I mean, I know they're not the the, the Hollowell's biggest fans, but... Okay, so let's talk about the forearms. I think they're cute. I think they're cute. I'm sorry. I rewatched this, and I I thought they were fun. I mean, it is clear that they're CGI, but I don't care. It's a television show. The show is not rich. It's in 2004. What I saw was fun. And just the way that she was, you know, multitasking, I just, I don't know. I liked it. But what did you think? Uh, They looked terrible, though, (laughs) when the episode aired. Because I remember being flabbergasted when it aired and going, oh, my God, this looks terrible. But... You're right, Rob. For what it is, it's funny. 
It's cute. I like the whole thing when she opens her and unveils it. The only thing I will say is because they did remaster all these episodes. And again, I don't know if something changed. I've mentioned this on the show before. I know they were redoing the CGI and the special effects because I saw someone working on season four, the test people, and they were adding to like when Paige, when the source, again, I always say this, when the source was in Paige in the first episode, she breaks the mirror. They even added more glass to make it more realistic. So to me, if they're upscaling things, how much more could it be just to upscale these arms to look, especially if you're remastering these episodes, do something, tweak them. Because I even heard that during, again, I'm sorry, Charmy's going off on a tangent, but during our little rat demons with se- when season four, there's a part evidently you could see that his legs weren't there or something on the stairs. And they even went back and added the legs or took the legs away, what either one it was. So they were updating things. The dinosaur from last year, the dragon, there's, I'm sure there's little ways to tweak this. I mean, they do this with Star Wars all the time. They update the freaking job of the hut CGI continuously every time they do an upgrade. Something. That's all I'm saying. Tell a him, little. Ray. Tell him. Just a little. <laughs> Just some so, of those arms a little closer to Holly Marie's coloring, even. They were like talking about white arms. <laughs> there yeah. some white ass arms. I my only thing is why do they always have an outfit for the occasion unless they Amen. unless they are conjuring these clothes why do they always have an outfit to fit their possession every single time who is carrying Rob, Hindi clothes in their closet Rob, Rob and you know why you're right with this that it wasn't magically put onto them because when the, the the two spirits leave them at the end they're in the same clothes usually they turn back to their clothes so you are right supposedly they either had this outfit or they went and bought this outfit because they kept it they kept it after they the, probably the went to macy's and bought this out yeah it, <laughs> on the way home it's like we got to pick up some clothes because i can't be seen in this american garment oh my god the U.S., the Americans dress like shit. I got to change my clothes. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the only explanation, right? Because, yeah. Or they summoned it, like you said. Paige and Phoebe reads from the Book of Shadows. Shakti and Shiva. Shakti, the Hindu goddess of creation, and Shiva, the god of destruction, are commonly evoked at weddings because they are considered to be the ultimate lovers. Shakti, also called the ultimate mother, and Shiva together created all things. And if they consummate their love again, all things will be obliterated and the universe will be reborn. Holy shit. (laughs) So I see that we both mentioned (laughs) similar things in our notes. Nick was clearly wearing lips. I think he was wearing something to make those lips shine in this scene. For (laughs) sure. They were like, could it have been the Jessica Simpson beauty products at the time? (laughs) Um, (laughs) The edible, because Nick's lips were so beyond gloss. I mean, you could have some plump lips, but those were shine to the heavens. Yeah. I, um, and I want to ask you, Rob, I don't know how you feel about this, but are you Team Net Nick 
or Team Jessica. <laughs> You're funny. I have absolutely no opinion on their relationship. Uh, the Usually who I always end up siding with when I'm on the outside is who moved on um, first. So in this, Ooh. but well, not, I'm sorry. I, I kind of phrased that wrong. But what I'm saying is, is that because Nick moved on to someone else faster than Jessica, then I'm Team Jessica because clearly Nick, wanted to get out of it as soon as possible mm-hmm. and, and was mm-hmm. already seeing somebody. So that's probably a lie. But the thing is, is that the one who stays single is the one who got hurt more. Therefore I'm on their team. That's the only thing I have. Let me just say now I know anyone could write a book and, you know, like say their own personal sides, of course, from their opinion, but I did read Jessica Simpson's book and personally, and I actually felt this back in the day. As attractive as, as Nick Lachey is, I didn't like him on Newlyweds because I saw that he, the way he would correct Jessica, it almost was like she annoys him and he was like below her or she was below him. I've always got that feeling. And then reading her book, I kind of got the same feeling again. So just a funny thing because of the time. I mean, I'm not seriously, I don't hate Nick Lachey, but uh, there's something about him, I think, he kind of like thought he was kind of better than her, which kind of makes me go, eh, dislike him a little. But as the character, he's fun and nice. And I just want to mention that Phoebe slapping Piper's freaking many arms like this. <laughs> that was funny. My fa- one of my favorite scenes. That was funny. I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> So something that I didn't mention in the last scene, and I'll bring it up now along with Nick. Yes. Yeah. So Daryl and Leslie have both been added to our hot man meters. So they will appear as of right now on the list. Yes. So they made our list. And yes, Daryl for sure. I mean, definitely. He still looks great. Still looks great. Love him. Love him. I actually, do you like him with, because I noticed your note we didn't get to, but do you like him with the goatee or do you prefer him with the baby face? I prefer the baby face. Yeah. I don't know. if When you do a goatee like that, I don't know. There's just something, I don't mm-hmm. know, just a little off-putting. I don't, I don't know. Otherwise, I would have liked more of a full-fledged goatee oh, instead yes. of just that little strip in the middle. I yes. think I would have liked that a little bit more. So that's that's just me. But um yeah. I say this coming off me sh- accidentally shaving my beard off and getting a go. Oh, I had the Daryl. Yeah, um yeah. no, his was connect. But I something about his baby face. I yeah. I I love Daryl's little baby face, but Yeah. And you know, I I think Nick Lachey looks great. I don't care. You know, he could be cheesy as hell, but he still looks good in in this show. So and you did say this he is literally from that time period, his outfit. When you said that, his he stepped right out of a time machine yeah. and came. That is two thousand, <laughs> whatever this year is six. <laughs> so Nick Lachey is not necessarily known for his acting, right? He is fine, but in two thousand four is honestly when it all started. So his very first role was on the show American Dreams which was on NBC. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, outside of him guest starring um, with his boy band on various shows, he that was his first role. And he did a lot of other, you know, TV, you know, appearances and whatnot in different shows. But this, I think, is his first reoccurring one. And yes, what he's really yes. known for as far as acting. So, 
this was like a big deal back in the day too. Do you remember yeah. this? It was I like Nick Lachey. I know it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Paige and Phoebe send Leo after Barbus in order to keep him separated from Piper. He disappears in a burst of lightning, which I thought was badass. Yes. Uh, Showing them powers. Exactly. Barbus has gathered a gang of demons and explains his plan. He wants them to attack Chris so that Leo will make a fatal mistake in his rage and the demons can take on the unprotected charm ones. Paige goes to magic school looking for information on Shakti and Shiva and finds it being closed down. With Gideon dead, there is no one to run the school. So Leo in the scene says the word potent and it is not fun to hear. I just I just get cringy when he said it. It just did not come off the lips. I don't know. It was just ill. I was like potent. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. I just thought that was funny. But like, what about the face that he made when he said he was coming back to get her? He was going to come back. He's never felt more yeah. potent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when Paige tries to take Chris and Wyatt to magic school because they'll be protected there, I love Piper. She's like, no, the babies stay with me. I was I'm like, really yes. Like, yes, amen. Never, never again. And she should have been doing that, like you said, Rob, last season yeah yeah i just man that confidence level when she was just sitting there chilling she's like no my baby stay with me i love that line i love that delivery i just thought that was the shit i loved it not gonna lie though if i saw a man with six arms i would hook up with them too i mean can you imagine the possibilities of six arms in play that would be so goddamn hot <laughs> if they look like Piper CGI arms, I would be terrified. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. <laughs> but again, as I mentioned earlier, um, Paige going to magic school and finding out about the school, her immediate without hesitation was to fight for it. I thought it was brilliant. It is definitely in her character. I just want to cue the Dangerous Minds music again with this. <laughs> just. With her wanting to help out with the school, I just think it's I just think it's awesome. Wait a minute, what do I hear? It's it's time for our witch quote of the day. Which witch decided to just drop by unannounced? I am seventy-one years old. That's what it does. It stops the aging process dead in its tracks and forces it into retreat. Drink that potion and you'll never grow even one day older. Don't drink it, then continue to watch yourself rot. Oh, you did this so good, too. Oh, oh. Ryan, you do not know this from immediate? Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. I want to I say something from Death Becomes Her, but there's no witches in that, right? So do not at me, but I actually think that Lisil Von Ruman is a witch. Okay, so, okay, because that was my first thought. And I'm like, wait, no. I'll probably get shit for this, but it is my show, and I say well, that she is like a witch. A potion. I mean, it is like a potion in, 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 in a theory, in a way. So, yes. Hell, I love that. <laughs> there was a possibility that she was actually Cleopatra. Who has really? Drank, who drank the potion and lived for this long? Oh, see, th- I like. Given that. her look, given the 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 way the box was designed, 
it was hinted that she was Cleopatra, but for me, witch, I think then. she is a witch. Yeah. So, witch of the week, Lisa von Ruman. I love her to I'll death. Take, I think you're right. I, you know what? Yes. So Phoebe meets the ghost writer, Leslie St. Clair. She's surprised to see that Leslie is a man and kisses him within moments of meeting him due to the contagious effects of the spirits that entered Piper and Leo. That's some that's some shitty excuses. So so here's the thing. This just popped in my head. Now, given that there was a little bit of a contagious thing, do you think that Paige was contagious of this effect by taking on magic school? Because she wasn't affected. So it's just like, why was Phoebe the only one affected? Maybe because she is driven by the whole emotions, given her powers, but they were taken away. So I don't know how that even connect. I don't know. Phoebe is attached to her vagina. That's all she cares about. <laughs> so, but you're right, though. There's no explanation to this. There's no description. Like, Paige wasn't affected. It's weird. But we'll move on. I, you know, because this is a show from back in the day. They're just trying to say that Paige wasn't affected because she wasn't around a man or something. Like, like it doesn't work around the opposite set or the same sex, probably, in the, in the writer's minds. I That's what I kind of thought. Because she was either around her sister or she went to magic school with the women. So I'll, that's what I'm assuming. But you're right. God, if only it was the spell that made her take that role on. Um... She is skeptical that a man can write her column as well as a woman. Now, Rob, I actually want to ask you about that, not to go too deep into this conversation. But what do you feel about Phoebe saying that? Do you think that would be sexist nowadays? Her saying that a man couldn't write a column or is she based on reality? Well, given that most of her readers are women, can a man really speak for a woman mm. is what she's saying. It is an interesting question to have a conversation, but for it not to be possible. No, that is completely false. And we had, what's his face? Turkey man. Oh, Spencer Ricks. Yeah. Eh. Love the fact that she is pretending that there's never been an advice columnist that's been male. Never. You have one twice, woman. Okay. So you completely forgot about Spencer all of a sudden. But would you feel comfortable taking advice from a woman? Definitely. See, I guess we live in a different bubble, but definitely. Because if you have a, and he had a PhD, if you have a, any kind of education in this, if you're a good person, if you evidently have a history of writing columns, then clearly you give good advice and you're not just telling these people garbage. I would hope. I would hope. So either a man or a woman, definitely. Matter of fact, I get half the time I get advice from women. I don't know. If, I don't even. I, I, they just give it to me. <laughs> Barbus's minions attack the manor. They were not counting on Shakti. The six-arm piper easily defeats them with lightning and energy balls. I think that was a great scene. On discovering Barbus, she blasts him with lightning, and he flames away. So, is it the power, Rob? Like, if Barbus was there and Piper just had her normal powers, would she been able to stop Barbus at that moment from taking the baby? I don't think so. I mean, mm. if, if so, she would have gotten hurt in the process. Mm. I, I mm. that was a lot of demons to take on at once. I mean, she if she wanted to freeze the room, she could have done that. 
but I don't know if she had her freezing power at the time. Do you mm. do you think that Shiva's powers were taken over and she didn't have her natural That's a power? Good question. It's almost like yeah, she took on the essence of that. And damn, those powers. Whew, yeah, shocked I mean, they, they were good and they were useful. I think she would have gotten hurt protecting him. But I mean, who knows? I mean, they wouldn't have killed her to be honest. But yeah, no, no, of course not. Yeah. Paige and Phoebe try to keep Leo from finding out, knowing that he'll go ballistic and destroy the world. But he finds the nursery in shambles. When you put a man in Phoebe's office, you are guaranteed you know that the writers, that's the only way that Phoebe can meet a man at her place of work. That's the only way. New man popping up in Phoebe's office, guaranteed. And why doesn't Elise say, Phoebe, for God's sake, you have sex in the office. You make out with people in the office. Please, for one time, what are you doing, woman, after two minutes of meeting? Like, what does Elise think? What does Elise think? But it's funny, too, because Leslie kisses her back. (laughs) She totally took advantage and went for it. I thought that kiss looked yummy as hell. Mm. But... I, yeah, he totally kissed her back. Naturally, I wonder if that's just due to etiquette or the fact that we all want to just kiss people and it doesn't matter who it comes from. I don't know, but it's so hilarious that he didn't have enough strength to like, no, I'm in this workplace. I want this job. Like, why are you kissing me? Um, uh, that no one said nothing. Like, no one. I, I just don't understand. I don't so understand. Nick Lachey was still dating Jessica Simpson during this episode. But they broke up in 2005, mm. a year later. So I wonder mm. if there's a connection there. No, I'm kidding. Well, in <laughs> her book, she did mention it was kind of over for a while. She uh, knew. Okay. Gotcha. Daryl and Sheridan break the door down of the manor and try to arrest Phoebe, who did not answer the summons. But Leo gestures and blasts Sheridan into a wall, injuring her. So this is an example of why I didn't want him near my kids. Hells no. Hells no. He then disappears in a flash of lightning. (laughs) Leo again. Oh, yeah. And at this point, I would think that Daryl finally breaks up with Leo after seeing him like this. Because, yeah. Oh, they're they're end game. That's how it's going to (laughs) end. No, they're going to break up. (laughs) He's like, no. Happy Halloween. You're not the Leo I remember. No. Okay. (laughs) So, Charmies, if you haven't seen it on Instagram, there is a comic strip going on right now of collected scenes that makes it look like Leo and Daryl are having a secret affair. (laughs) Not for anything. That Halloween episode does. And you guys mentioned it on this podcast at the time. That episode does set that up almost like when they have that moment at the end and they're like, happy Halloween. (laughs) Daryl. And he smiles at him and Leo. Too funny. Too funny. Mm. There was a close-up of Daryl in this scene, too, and you could totally tell Daryl's wearing some makeup. Did you notice that? And I doubt that this man needed any makeup at the time, because he is so... Yeah. I guess it's just that little extra. Sheridan got knocked the fuck out, though. Oh, my God, that woman was thrown so hard at that wall. That was insane. They do that for the viewers, because... I feel like Sheridan, I mean, let's keep an eye on this, Charmies, but I have an I, I feel like Sheridan gets thrown a lot. I feel like she gets knocked out a lot, hit well, a lot. We'll keep an eye on it for sure. So, but Leo is straight up acting up here, right? Um, Leo again attacks Zola, 
taunted by Barbas and kills him this time. I don't know why Zola didn't get out of there. Like he just Leo. really is just on the divine, like let God in and like be at peace. Like Leo, stop. This isn't you. I would have high tailed it out of there. Hells no. I cannot. It felt like a hate crime to me. I'm sorry. That like really, you're just gonna attack him out of all the elders. You're gonna just attack him. It's, it hate crime. Um. Afterwards, he feels only remorse. Piper assures Leo that nobody else has to know. Paige, oh, yeah, I know. Whoa, wait. So Paige casts a spell and expels Shakti and Shiva from Piper and Leo. Uh, we call upon the mortal ways and gods who guide but may not stay. We seek those of divinity to separate from and set them free. All right. So, yes, Piper keeping this secret like that. Nobody has to know. Getting away with murder. What do you think about this? Uh, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And how is no one going to know? I know. Zola's just got, like, they, I always thought the elders were kind of, like, linked together almost, that they knew when something happened to the other ones or something, because they, Leo could be like, oh, the elders are, so, uh, besides that, and I thought Paige was in the room. Like, Apparently I, not. I, like she, I she think she went to go take care of the kids. I think, or so. I don't know. I can't. But remember. didn't he say he see she sees him on the floor crying and everything, and then and she leaves Piper with him. I'm assuming he came back, said what happened, because right after she leaves, that's when Piper says, "No one has to know." But I think they do play it from what I remember that Paige doesn't know, no. which to me is shenanigans. Like Rob, you would say. So look, there is some heavy persuasion here, and I know that when you hear those inside voices, they could definitely get the best of you. I mean, I have a little bit of anxiety, so I get it. Like, I'm not blind to the message that we have here, but we're in season seven, kids, right? Yeah, we're in season seven. Leo doesn't necessarily have to know that Barbas is in his head, but he does mention that he is playing with his emotions. He admits it. He knows that Barbas is around speaking about it and, and creating these like things. But him in that rage, that was Leo. I'm sorry. That was so Leo. He fucked up on this one and he totally killed him because he needed it to take it out on someone. And I think it is totally jacked that Piper is just easily like, nobody has to know. This is so messed up. He was not Did possessed. I'm sorry. This is not, I, I, I can't side with Leo on this one. I mean, I will, the only thing for Leo, I will say, because we, his character up until this point has been a, a virtuous character. He but is they a very good band. So they the way they wrote this, it's he, just like they. Yeah, he is a good man. He is a straight up good man. I am not going to take away all the good that he's done, but this was not like if this show was that show. If it was that show, they would have totally gone through an arc of Leo making an amends to what he just did, confronting right, right. the elders with his mistake being punished for it, having to earn it back. All of that could have been played with the elders if they really wanted to give them a storyline, especially if this right. were to be the last season. Like, uh -oh. they had an opportunity to really have him go through the ringer with this one. And, yes. like, should this man be punished? I think it is a great discussion to have if somebody who has done so much good 
to have a mistake like this and they, should they be stripped of everything they've been good for or you know go through the motion like this i don't know it was a little too easy for me and i know i i feel like they are trying to give brian a little more with leo's character as well maybe like they wanted to you know up his story as well but i the gideon thing i completely understand and maybe that's our fault because either way he as a white lighter elder he did kill somebody but yeah, this is just uh, I don't I don't enjoy the writing too much with this. Yeah. So, we'll 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 monitor this storyline and see exactly kind of what happens, but at this point that was not cool. <laughs> and the only thing I want to say is because the book at Magic School knew how to expel Shakti and Shiva, but the Book of Shadows dis- didn't. I hope they went back now and updated the Book of Shadows and put a little paragraph because no one got time to be going to the map. What if there was no magic school? Yeah, I so, mean, I, they add as they experience. And, and so it makes sense that this progression happened. And I'm sure they probably added to it. When Sheridan comes to, she remembers that she was there to look for something, but doesn't remember what. She doesn't remember being attacked, and Phoebe covers by saying they're doing a lot of remodeling, and that Inspector Sheridan had slipped. Since Piper wounded Barbus, Paige scries for him using his blood. Paige and Phoebe track him to his lair. Paige throws a potion at Barbus, and he says he'll be back before he explodes. Fear always comes back, he screams, and he falls into a pile of dust again before dusting out he cries you set me up to an unseen entity in which they kind of were like eh. who's he talking to eh. <laughs> <laughs> um mentioned this earlier love that their fears are both the same and that they both overcame them at this point the sisters aren't playing around their fear is something happening to their um nephews and the way they vanquished it, they kind of gave him that like almost Cole-esque, not to that level, but they gave him a badass vanquish, I noticed this time with the explosion. To be shallow, Paige looked extremely well in this end scene, and Tan as well. She looked really good again. I just want to give it to Rose in this scene. Very <laughs> relaxed. I don't know if she slept well over the summer. And there is a paramedic with Sheridan that is going on. My hot man meter, Rob, paramedic Garcia is going on that hot man meter list. This is played by Eddie Matos. He is known for his soap opera roles. And damn, he was goddamn fine when he popped up in this scene. I was like, who is this? And then I get a text from Ryan (laughs) with a picture of him. I'm like, we are on the same page right now. This man is fine. (laughs) He is also on my hot man meter as well. It's always the paramedic on this show, isn't it? No, there's, yeah. there's a there's a paramedic. I feel on every season on this hot man meter list. <laughs> I do love the quote from Paige asking P- uh, Piper at the end, "You're going outside with them?" Like, <laughs> okay, like that's great, and that she says she'll tease her later when she gets home. So I love the sisterly moments between the two of them. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Barbus's acting in the scene, Billy Drago. I just this 
last scene with with the sister i just thought that was really well i mean he even had me creeped out on how confident he was into his plan and what he was doing yeah so what a great farewell to him and i say that because i believe if i'm not mistaken he says he'll always come back but he does not at least in season seven or eight this is the to last the comics, we see of possibly him. Yeah. yeah but this is the last that we see of barbus um what we didn't get in the synopsis is we got two final scenes to wrap up sort of the um, the B and C plots is that Leo is approached once again with the floating head um, with the oh, yes, line yes. of like, what do you want? He's like, we want you. Ooh, what does that mean? Um, I don't know if you can remember back in the day, Ryan, but did you oh, have uh, yes. any idea what was going on with this floating head or was it a big mystery to you? I remember clearly going, oh my God, that is one of the worst effects on Charmed I've ever seen. <laughs> Besides the Piper arms. it Because it was like a head that the mouth, it was just always open. It didn't even move. It's just like, it just floats and talks with the, without the mouth moving. Rob, I would have preferred seeing something, a creature like this than what we will get, I'll just say. The form okay. that these people or this group use to mask themselves looks more interesting than to me. But I remember going, oh my God, that plastic floating head. And the last thing that we got was a scene between Leslie and Phoebe. And Leslie says that Phoebe is a great kisser and Paige is going to take over magic school. She's made it com like quite clear that is my new task. And yes, that definitely makes me happy. And as far as this relationship is concerned with Leslie and Phoebe, like Les like Phoebe is supposed to be on vacation, but she keeps going to work. So we'll have to monitor exactly how this is played out. This Was girl this cannot be story? trusted, Rob. When there's yes. a man in the office, she cannot control herself. Like Phoebe <laughs> should be like this, like strong, like like she used to be like, I don't need a man kind of thing. Now it's like I can't even take a vacation because there's, there's a man there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is going to do it for episode one of season seven, A Call to Arms. Next week on Charmed, The Bear Witch Project. <laughs> okay, now I think I remember what this episode is, but we will leave all of that for episode two. We will come back <laughs> next week with another episode Remember, everyone, we want you to start a new hot man meter. Start making that list. Again, pay attention to the females. We want a hottest female and most adorable being on your list. But get those lists started. So far, I have four people on my list. I'm sure that will change <laughs> yeah. in the episodes coming Already, up. Already, episode one. I four. know. Holy I know, shit. Right? Crazy. But I thought this was a su successful season seven episode one premiere and look forward to episode two coming up ryan thank you so much for your help on this thank you and and yes we will see you next week charmies bye <laughs>
Next Sunday on the WB, something naked this way comes. That's Lady Godiva. And she needs help from a charmed one. Oh! Keep your clothes on. This is a family show. Nick Lachey has never seen anything like this. Phoebe is Lady Godiva. What are you wearing? Charmed, the Bear Witch Project. Next week on the WB's Big Sunday.